Good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is that you're going to listen to this special July 4th podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Nelson, and happy Independence Day, America, 244 years as a great nation. Now, you know, 244 years is quite the journey, but when you look at America in the context of Europe, Middle East, and other countries around the globe, we're still the baby on the block. Europe, thousands of years old. Asia, the Middle East, where civilization began. America is young, yet, despite our youth status, despite our status as the baby on the block, if you will, we are considered indeed the most powerful nation on earth, the wealthiest nation on earth. And depending on who you talk to, like me, I think, the greatest nation on earth. Let's talk about that today on this July 4th, 2020. You know, we've been talking about 2020 now since March. It's been tough. It's been a challenging year. And in fact, we're not even through the year. COVID-19 has ravaged our citizens, losing 130,000 as of today and more to come infection rates going up through the roof. This July 4th will not be like many July 4ths. All of the fireworks where I live in Virginia are canceled. The parades were canceled. Yes, we're allowed to have cookouts and barbecues, but they're going to be limited. I know the one that I'm going to go to later today only has 13 of us, and we were intentional about that. I usually have a big bash every year. Couldn't do it this year. But today I wanted to just talk a little bit about the great experiment of our founding fathers, this great republic that was formed on the day they declared their independence in 1776 on July 4th in Philadelphia. If you've never been, you should go to Independence Hall. You should take your kids or your grandkids. It's a fabulous trip. It's very educational. And it's pretty amazing to stand in the room where they signed the great Declaration of Independence. Uh, I wanted to read to you a little bit from my third book, E Pluribus One, Reclaiming Our Founders' Vision for a United America. And I wanted to set the tone just by reading this opening paragraph in the prologue because I wish that this book was being published right now and not in January 2017 when the nation welcomed in a new president and a new administration. At the time that I wrote this book, and my publisher and I have talked about this and laughed a number of times, when I wrote this book, the country was not in the mood to hear about unity. The country was not in the mood to hear about what we needed to do together, how the republic was formed, and and who among us in our history made it truly great. The country was divided. The country was disappointed. It was a close election. It was a tough election. Uh, People thought we would be celebrating the first female president, and it was not to be. Instead, we elected an outsider, a businessman, a man who had been in our public consciousness for several decades, owner of casinos, a real estate mogul, a developer of amazing properties, and, and Donald Trump was someone that we all knew, but he had never been in politics. And here we find ourselves four years down the road, We're about to have a campaign in the fall. It's going to be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, the incumbent. And if you watched the president's remarks last night about Mount Rushmore, I want to talk a little bit about some of what he said. 
because I think it feeds into the spirit of today and who we are and who we are not and who we should want to be and who we should really put behind us of who we used to be. And so uh, this morning's special July 4th broadcast is just me talking a little bit about the nation that I love and sharing with you my thoughts on what liberty, life, and the pursuit of happiness mean. Um, I really hope you will pick up a copy of E Pluribus One and share it with your kids. It's a great time. It's an appropriate read. I start with the founding principles of America. There are 18 of them. There are really more, but I took the 18 that I could pull from the Federalist Papers and from various documents and from the Constitution and from the Declaration of Independence and talk about these founding principles of who we are as a republic. And a republic is a very different form of government than a parliamentary system or certainly socialism or communism or any type of other form of government. We're not a theocracy. We are not a theocracy. And I know a lot of people wish that we were, but you really don't because Iran is a theocracy. They have um, these shawls and, well, not the shawl. The shawl was, of course, run out and family <clears throat> murdered and then were overtaken by the various religious figures, the uh, Ayatollahs. And um, a theocracy is not what we are. Yes, we believe in freedom of religion. We believe in that as one of our most fundamental founding principles. However, we are not a country. We celebrate separation of church and state. That doesn't mean that the church doesn't have a role in the state. It does. Religion is at the core of the three pillars of our founding. However, we are not a place where religious beliefs, where a Catholic president can tell the whole country they must be Catholic, or a Protestant president can ban Catholics from voting. We don't do that here, and thank God that we do not. So for those of you that are evangelicals and you you want to elect somebody that you believe is going to bring Christian values and install Christian virtues and do the things that the Bible says, you got it wrong. I, too, am a Christian, a conservative one. I, too, am someone who believes in the gospel and takes it for what it is. Uh, I believe in it as truth. Not everybody does, and I have no right to push that on them. So I wanted to set that kind of principle because I've seen us drift over the last few years into a very dark place where we have a really wrong notion about who we are and what we're about. I listened to the president talk last night about heritage and culture. Those are buzzwords. Those are dog whistles. Let's be clear. When he starts talking about monuments and statues that are being rightfully removed, particularly those here in the South, listen, folks. You can't celebrate on one hand the founding fathers and then go down to Abraham Lincoln number 16 and talk about how he saved the union from destruction, from being divided, from being two nations. And then in the same breath, celebrate Robert E. Lee and Jefferson Davis and Stonewall Jackson and the very men who sought to utterly destroy and tear down this union. If they had won the Civil War, we would not be America. We would be two divided places. We would be two countries on one land. And I don't think it would have played out very well. I don't know what would have happened. My ancestors, many of them would have been enslaved a lot longer than they were. I believe eventually slavery would have fallen by the wayside, but it would have taken a lot longer. And so we cannot celebrate, celebrate traitors and tyrants and people who attacked their country 
uh, declare rebellion and insurrection against their country, and then also say that they are American icons. They are not. They were American traitors. And we need to be clear about that. For those of you that like to fly your Confederate flags on your truck in your yard, have at it. This is America. You're allowed to do that. Just don't put it on the state capitol. It has no place there. If you want to have a museum with historical figures in it, I think Robert E. Lee has his place. I attended his school, Washington and Lee University, for law school. His body is buried right on campus. Robert E. Lee had a lot of other good virtues, but he had some glaring bad virtues, if you will. He was a slaveholder. He was a cruel slaveholder. He was one of the generals, in fact, the main general, the commanding general, that made the Civil War a lot more difficult. It lasted a lot longer because Lee, frankly, was a good general, and he was good at what he did. And he uh, really gave us a run for our money. So let's get clear on our foundations and on what we want to celebrate and honor and what we don't. You know, I always on every July 4th tell everybody to read Frederick Douglass's famous July 4th speech. You can Google it. You can get it anywhere. It's profound. Remember, it's through the lens of a former slave turned abolitionist. So he's not going to see the Declaration of Independence the same way. But then fast forward down to Dr. King's speech in 1963, August. I have a dream speech. And Dr. King talks about the promissory note that the president, again, got really long wrong last night. He doesn't have a clue what Dr. King was saying. Dr. King was challenging America to live up to the fact that he gave a promissory note. This note was that there would be life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for everyone, that we had the right to be secure in our personhood. And what Dr. King was saying is his people, the black people, the African-American people, the, the sons and daughters of enslaved people had not yet been given those rights and that it was time that America pay that debt, that they honor that promissory note. He wasn't talking about all men and women. He was talking specifically about the descendants of slaves. And so when we don't want to say black lives matter and we want to say all lives matter, and when we don't want to say black lives matter and we want to say blue lives matter, and when we don't want to say black lives matter and we want to say that this or whoever's lives matter, you're watering down and you're changing the subject to the discussion at hand. America was born out of slavery. That is a fact no one disputes. It has vestiges. You cannot have an institution for 250 years and then 100 years after that legalized segregation and terror of African-American citizens, lynchings, hangings, burning of their property, looting, Tulsa, Rosewood, and then think that it will be fixed in 50 years just because we've had a black president. That's utterly ridiculous. So let's get it right and let's talk about our independence and what it means to be an American. I wanna to read to you just this paragraph here because I think it encapsulates, I hope, who and what we are. America is the story of us, the collective us, the us, the we, the ones who came to this great frontier more than 400 years ago and braved the seas, the storms, and the difficult seasons of life so that we could build a great nation of prosperity. Many think that they know our story, but they don't. Ours is a story of explorers, pioneers, and trailblazers.
of people who fought and risked it all for their freedom. Ours is a story of people who transformed their dreams into reality and turned the struggles of our founding into our present day national strength. The truth is we have always been one nation, even at our worst moments, like the Civil War. We have understood that we are always better together. Our founders were visionaries, truth seekers, and people of great faith, people of virtue. They were a brave and adventurous people who dared to dream of an ideal that had never been dreamed of or charted before. The American ideal of liberty, freedom, and equality for all. The ideal of land ownership, prosperity, family, farms, and fortune. The ideal that made the world take notice of the small new nation that would one day become the envy of the world. America is a story indeed. It is a promise. It is a decision that changed the history of mankind. America is a melting pot of diverse people, cultures, and beliefs that make us unique and the greatest experiment of human civilization ever attempted on earth. But our story begins long before our official founding and birth as a new nation. Explorers and adventurers set sail from across the world to create a new life long before then, a life like no one had ever known. I wrote this book because I believe that it is time that we the people come back together, that we rediscover our founding vision for a united America, a vision so strong and radical in its day that it brought the great British empire to its knees. Our oneness, our hunger for freedom and liberty still make other nations and peoples around the world want to be like us and live among us. They want to be Americans. Ours was a vision so powerful that Thomas Jefferson wrote these equally powerful words in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Folks, America is a story. And it is a nation. And it is a nation that started with a birth defect, slavery. And that birth defect, that hypocrisy of who we said we were, is something that we are wrestling with right now. Be clear about that. If you miss everything else I say today, understand that this fight, this pull, this division that you see, it goes back 400 years. Yes, today we turn 244, but we are older than that. We are 401 years old, actually. Actually, we're older. We started in 1607. So, I just wanted to remind us today of our roots, of our founding, of who we are. And I wanted to remind us that no matter what we look like, no matter where we come from, no matter what language we speak, we are a nation of immigrants. We are a nation of immigrants who have served in every way, in uniform, in leadership, in the Senate, in the Congress, in the presidency. And we are a nation of people that is resilient. We are a nation of people that will figure this out. We are a nation of people, I am convinced, that will get it right. And we will continue to perfect this union. So on this day, I wanted to just remind us that 
There are many among us who will try to divide us. They will try to do what the president did last night, which frankly is appalling. And he will get up and he'll give a speech and he'll blow dog whistles and he will speak to those white Americans who feel that their country's being taken from them, that things aren't like they were in the good old days of the 1950s or the 1960s. Well, folks, those days may have been good for some, but they were not good for all. And in the final analysis, America has to be a place that's good for all of us. It's a promissory note. It's a promise that Mr. Jefferson penned when he wrote that Declaration of Independence. He didn't say some, he said all men were created equal. And what hypocrisy from a man who was brilliant and a gentleman and a great revolutionary, but he owned human beings, he owned slaves, he fathered six children with a woman who was his slave and served as his concubine for almost 40 years. We have to deal with that hypocrisy. We have to deal with that strain. We have to deal with it and we have to fix it. So on this Independence Day, as you go out, as you celebrate, as you give the kids sparklers and you enjoy whatever celebrations you're going to enjoy, make sure that you reflect on our freedom and you reflect on our liberty and you reflect on what Alexis de Tocqueville once said about America. And what he said is, is one of my favorite quotes indeed. And he said, America is great because America is good. If America ever ceases to be good, it will cease to be great. I want to leave you with those words because I think that we are a good nation. I think that we are a a kind nation. I think that we are a brave nation. I want to salute the men and women in uniform uh, who are serving abroad. Thank you for your service. I want to thank the men and women who keep us safe every day. Thank you for your service. And I want to thank those who labor and who do the unseen work to keep our country free. Uh, God bless you. God keep you. I pray that you get a day off today, that you can just relax and celebrate today. Be safe. Wear your mask. If you got stars and stripes, put them on. Um, Celebrate. Sit the kids down. Help them to understand why we Celebrate our birthday every year on July 4th. And remember that your brothers and your sisters are more than just your biological relatives. They're your neighbors. They're your colleagues. They're your friends. And they may not look like you and they may not come from where you come from, but we're all Americans. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. We are all Americans. We are one America. We are one people. We are one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. God bless you and God keep you and God bless the United States of America.